0: Welcome to the Nuts and Bolts podcast. On today's episode, we are going to introduce the topic of breaking the glass ceiling in the construction industry. We're going to be introducing a really super special guest, Amy Stanton. We're going to discuss the impact of Amy's work, challenges faced by women, skills and education, and also talk about alternatives to solving the housing crisis. Chime in, guys. Let's get stuck in.
1: Welcome to Nuts and Bolts where you deep dive into the evolving trends of the construction world. Your are champions for business owners, entrepreneurs, and women making their mark in the industry. Join your hosts, Sue and Scott, as we shape the future of construction, one episode at a time.
2: Scott Shellen from the QHI Group and I'm here with my very good friend Sue Rogan from Elevate Construction Marketing. G'day Sue. G'day Scott, how are you going? I'm doing fantastic and I'm also doing super special because as you said in the introduction we've got a really cool guest today. We've got Amy Stanton, the lady tradie, Survivor on the uh, TV series, Better Homes and Garden host, master plumber, tiny home entrepreneur extraordinaire, and a really good friend of ours. Thanks for coming along, Amy.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. I, I just want to take you around, Scott, everywhere to introduce me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how can you is
2: that? <laughs> it reminds me of the introduction. Like, um, have you seen Game of Thrones when um, they bring in uh, the first, uh, the first queen of the Andals and, <laughs> and Lord of the Dragons?
1: And <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't know. I just need a little one of you to cover out with me everywhere I go. It I love to be
2: it. your PR person. That's well, it. Amy's, Amy's got a really, really impressive resume behind her. For someone who's so young, has made such a massive impression in the building industry and the entertainment and in her own personal branding on social media and uh, a tradesperson as well. I won't say tradesman because she's a trades person <laughs> yep. and, uh, and certainly someone that I think uh, plenty of people would look up to and respect and a great role model for ladies.
0: Oh, thanks, Scotty. I'm happy to be here. Stoked. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm just a little bit fan-struck here. (laughs) And what an amazing episode to have you on, you know, when we're talking about breaking the glass ceiling and whatnot. But before we get stuck in, can I play a little bit of a game? You You know I like to have fun. You go for
2: sure, you do you. So
0: Amy, I'm going to throw this at you. (laughs) I'm nervous. I'm nervous. (laughs) Can you tell us, just so we can get to know you a little bit more, two truths and a lie. So Uh throw three things at us. Two of them are truths, one's a lie, and we've got to guess.
3: This is why I was so horrible at Survivor, because I couldn't lie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, okay, all right, two truths
3: and a lie. I wanted to be the Red Wiggle when I was in high school. In high school, right. (laughs) Okay. Year 10, to be exact.
0: Okay, sure.
3: I was captain of the chess club in year 12 and I've got a side business selling
2: pictures of my feet.
0: (laughs)
3: <laughs> on,
0: a on a
2: particular platform at all? <laughs> you know her number one customer for that was Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. But do you guys really have to think about this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I think the chess, I could believe the chess.
2: You call one and I'll call one.
0: Okay. I think the lie, uh, I'm going to have to say the foot. The foot business, the side foot business, like yeah. I'm
3: glad you said <laughs> the foot business. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be very, <laughs> I would have been very offended if you didn't say the foot
2: yeah. business. I'm still trying to get my head around wanting to be the Red Wiggle.
3: Yeah, in grade 10, <laughs> it, ten, it didn't work out too well for me. Obviously, my careers teacher said not a chance. I still picture my face on the Red Wiggle, but there's still time. There's still time, guys. Yeah, is. <laughs>
2: yeah the Wiggles will never die. They'll be around longer than we are.
0: <laughs> hey, this is a shout out to the Wiggles if you're listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get a when you come to get us,
2: yeah. <laughs> unlike Metricon the other <laughs> week, <laughs> we ragged him in the last episode. <laughs> we
1: did, we did. Yeah, oh you
2: know, Amy, uh, you probably make pretty decent money selling your feet on OnlyFans.
3: <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have to think about it. Yes, <laughs> oh if, if the tiny business goes
2: down the drain. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've learned a little bit more about our guest uh, speaker today, but uh, I reckon we rip into the nuts and bolts.
0: Let's get stuck in. Let's go. <laughs>
1: You're listening to Nuts and Bolts Podcast with Sir Rogan and Scott Challen.
2: Well, as you guys know, Amy is a tiny home entrepreneur, a plumber by trade, a mechanical plumber, I believe, and someone who's been around the construction industry for a really long time, um, also married to a tradie, and uh, you've got a, a pretty strong background in the building industry. So how did, uh, how did you end up there?
3: Yeah, well, I actually started off doing beauty therapy and was horrible at it. Couldn't paint nails. And then I was out one night, I think, and someone said, oh, women can't be tradies. And I'm very stubborn. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they can. And then you know, so I went and I thought, oh, I'm going to be a tradie. I'm good with my hands. I didn't know what trade at that point in time. And I thought back to, I used to go camping with my dad, who's a builder. And afterwards we used to get an ice cream from the service station. And one day I reached for the Magnum, you know, the very expensive ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And dad looked me in the eyes and he said, Amy, That's a plumber's ice cream. (laughs) Only plumbers can afford magnums. (laughs) In this house, we eat frosty fruits. Oh, (laughs) no way. So I swear in the back of my head from that day, I'm like, what's this plumbing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can uh, have all the magnums I want. And yeah, so I decided to do a plumbing pre-apprenticeship, applied for 120 jobs, heard back from one. Okay,
0: but that's how it all started. <laughs> Which is really interesting because now the push is for women to get into traits, right? So it's kind of the other way where women almost have nearly a foothold in if they're one of the ones to apply. They've, they've seen more to get the role. Oh, definitely. You know, it's Because there's that, you know, we want to try and get more women into construction. Were, were there any
2: other girls on your course when you are coming through or employed by the company?
0: There was
3: no other girls. This was 10 years ago when I got my – plumbing apprenticeship, rocked up in my pink socks. Um, (laughs) You know, you know how it is on site with all these guys and you're like, and the first week was the most horrible thing ever. Like so much went wrong for me, but you know, you get through it. And I think now with all the quotas and all these big companies are like, oh, we have to meet the quotas, hiring women and women come to me like, oh, I don't want to be a quota. I'm like, you be a quota and you be the best damn quota you can yeah, be. Yeah. Like, I, if you have to get a job that way, just do it and yeah. just show them you're out there to give it a crack. That's a
2: really interesting way to look at it to think yeah. about the, I'm, I'm here for quota. Right? Yeah. I never really thought about it that way before. And what does that do to your mindset as well?
3: Well, I think you can look at it two ways. You can either think, oh, I'm the token girl of the company Or you can think, look, if that's the way I'm going to get in to the job site. I I wish there was that back in the day. I wouldn't have had to apply for 120 jobs. But then once you're there and you can show your passion and enthusiasm and you're there because you actually like doing the trade, not because Carol has said, go get a trade under your (laughs) belt and you're there because you want to. And then they'll be like, oh, this Sheila, she's all right. She's doing all right. She's passionate about it. She's giving it a crack
0: and... She's lifting heavy and yeah. Hi guys, Sue Rogan from Elevate Construction Marketing. We are your digital marketing experts. Elevate Construction Marketing specializes in construction trades and property. We offer digital marketing, social media marketing, videography, photography, and anything that we can get our hands on to help support the construction and building industry. I'm super passionate about this. Having a digital marketing person that uh, specializes in construction means that I understand what's going on in the industry. I've got credibility and I I also understand the advertising requirements when it comes to the building and construction industry, there are specific advertising requirements that the QBC set out that you need to adhere to. And I will be able to guide you through that. So Sue Rogan, Elevate Construction Marketing, your digital marketing specialist in construction trades and property. Were you surprised at how much you enjoyed it? Like, you know, you were like, okay, I'll try plumbing and and see, you know, if it's an avenue. Was it it a surprise that you were like, no, this is actually something that I really do enjoy and the more that you got into it, the more you enjoyed it?
3: Yeah, I definitely, at the start, as anything, you're – Scared being an apprentice, not just a female, but any first year apprentice. The older guys are giving you their their money, saying, "Go down the shop, get me a dare iced coffee, eight sausage rolls," and you're like, and <laughs> and then they give you like eight dollars less than you need, and like just pay it in your own money, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. no, but. It's all about learning and growing. Yeah. And so every day I'm on the side, it's all about asking questions. And I absolutely loved the ride. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I messed up uh, all this. Every day you mess up, but yeah. it's all about learning, having good relationships with the people you work with, able to have a joke, banter with boy, the boys in the smokehouse shed. And. It's not as hard as it looks. It's like any job.
2: It's uh, it's pretty rough in the smoko shed and, uh, <laughs> and having been around the boys on construction sites many times over the years and worked on some big jobs as well, and you would have seen this too yeah, soon, no doubt. It's, uh, it's not the most polite place in the world. <laughs> what was one of the most early confronting things that you remember that might, <laughs> might have given you a bit of a shake?
3: <gasps> well, Scotty, see... I'm pretty, crude. like, I think <laughs> people, people look at me and they're like, I remember I got called Milady once and yeah, I was like, okay, this is <laughs> awkward. But then I think I rock up on the side and then they look and they're like, oh, what, what, what do I do? do like what is that what is this thing you know (laughs) or is she the lift driver or she's obviously the admin chick but then I open my mouth I'm like how you going fellas how's the weekend and And, and
2: then she opens her (laughs) toolbox full of of Milwaukee stuff and she's like Oh, she's got
3: shit (laughs) Uh, and that's and I know it's so different for every woman in the industry like I that's just me I've got such an open out there personality and happy to get along with it everyone and you know have chats with everyone, but I know not every person is like that. You can still be yeah. passionate about it and want to go on the job side and be quite introverted and do your own thing. Yeah. It's just about being comfortable with who's around you and just being yourself. Don't think you have to be anyone you're not. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Was there any particular um, like do they play any pranks on you in the early days, like get the left handed <laughs> screwdriver? <laughs> yes. Um you know, that, that type of stuff?
3: I don't think I I look I'm not gonna lie. Before I started my apprenticeship, I googled what pranks could. Doesn't like, surprise the guy-
2: me that you researched that. Well, because
3: yeah. I I didn't want to look like a goose, and I know I'm pretty gullible, and would go to Bunnings and ask for a left-handed screwdriver or a long wait.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, a, lo- a long yeah. way. <laughs> yes.
3: But I, no, I don't think anyone really pulled anything on me. Okay. I'm kind of disappointed they didn't. Yeah, because okay. yeah. I well, would have missed,
2: fallen for it. You missed out on the apprentice experience. <laughs> yeah. and
0: so we're going to have
2: to do it. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't think that it's male or female. You know, the, that's the apprentice experience, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: it <laughs> definitely. And you go, and that's what I love about it as well. And you know, you you know, you're there and you're learning. And but everyone's been in the same position and. Dealing with probably the older guys on site, like, you know, I'd get along with them all pretty well, but they're the ones that back in their day they there was no chance a woman would be on site. So yeah. I don't feel if they're acting a weird way to me it's anything personal. I'm like, no, I, look, I get it, mate. You, you're not used to this. Yeah, uh, It's yeah. probably as awkward f- for you as I'm feeling in a male-dominated career. Like they're just not used to seeing it, which yeah. is I learnt to accept and yeah. – be open and be cool with them
0: and yeah it goes a long way. It's crazy hey I remember like as an account manager when I worked for a, a construction company that sold power tools like I used to have the guys test me to try and <laughs> <laughs> have my knowledge of power tools to try and they would throw stupid questions my way and ask me like random questions or ask me really tricky stuff and because I was put through you know intense training I knew it all and they were like okay well she's all right then she can come back and I was like
2: <laughs> I think in yeah, situation is you want to be good at what you do, yeah. whether you're male or female. And so, when you know, as a young guy on the tools myself and learning on site, I didn't want to be a, a screw up. I, mean, I yeah. wanted to make sure I knew what yeah. I was doing. In your role, you want to know what you're doing. Yeah. Same. You know, you want to be good at it. So you're going to put the effort in and try and learn so you
0: don't look like a dickhead. Yeah. And I think what Amy said yeah. there, if we can just touch on that, is like, it's not personal. Like, it's so mm. true. Like, I remember one time on site, you know, I copped a bit of aggression and and whatnot, and um. I just I don't take things personally so when I said mate I know you're having a rough day like I'm just here to do my job and you know whatever and copped the abuse and, and moved on from it and then I get a call from him a couple of weeks later and like where are you you haven't been around you know I'm like well I'm not coming on site because you you're to- an <laughs> <asshole>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming on site when you speak to me like I literally told him that and he's like oh no sorry rah, rah, you know and then he was really good after that and but it's not personal you know we they there's so many challenges in day-to-day and on site especially and things that go wrong. So it's such a good point. That well, you guys
2: are way more high-minded than I might have imagined actually <laughs> I would are have just surprised? expected you to storm on site and write, that's it, I'm going to HR. I <laughs> yeah. <there's> <laughs> got you
3: on the corner. We did say that. There, there is a, there's always a line and, you know, yeah, some, yeah. some people's yeah. line is down there, some people's line is up here, but there's a difference between just being in the environment, the the job site environment, having a laugh, and maybe taking it too far, which I'm yeah. sure happens to a lot of women out there, but yeah, there's just a line, and you got to be aware of it. And yeah, but
2: do you think we lose good people because of that? Like, I mean, does uh, do we see that happen? I don't know if I've seen that. You might have seen that, Sue, and you might have seen that, Amy. But do uh, people pull the pin because they can't handle the banter, and that line gets crossed?
3: I've Seen it happen a lot yeah. and read about it a lot, and I think that's the whole thing of the perspective of yeah of how you look at it, the situation. Yeah, it's definitely getting better, way yeah, better yeah, yeah. as yeah. it as it is. Years go go on. You know, I was in Seven Eleven the other day. There was eight female tradies and two males, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and
0: they didn't ever work for the same company. I'm yeah. like, never, never went was and this sausage rolls, sausage rolls their are Like, like good <laughs> I wonder how we then stop that. Like, you know, if there's that people aren't sticking to it, do we then? Is there more resources or education or support that we can give women in construction to try and? Stay with the banter, or I'll flip it the we, other
2: way though and go from a guy's perspective, we don't want to be lectured at on how to behave, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't hate sitting through that kind of training. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. well, I've got daughters and a wife, and I wouldn't treat anyone I know like that anyway. Yeah. But I, and, and and like as you said before, the example was that guy was having a bad day, yeah, yeah. Should he lose his career over something like that? He shouldn't ruin someone else's life either, you mm, <laughs>
3: know, yeah. But I reckon that like nine times out of ten, it's just a joke, and you you move on, it's fine, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's not just a, a female. You can be a male and apprentice and. Oh, St. Co- dudes
2: cop shit. Yeah.
3: You, you can cop so much yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like the first company I worked for, I think. They turned over forty different apprentices in the first year. Yeah, yeah, because the guys didn't enjoy. And uh, I was, I was like, oh, I thought that were alright, but yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And like the the whole induction thing. Like I've worked in and construction sites, and even when I was in the military, like in, a, in a, as a brand new recruit in a new unit, there's always a, uh, uh, you know, what do you call it? An initiation of some description, and that happens mm. for apprentices as well on site. It Come, it's sometimes it ain't pretty.
3: Yeah. You know. No, but. Just how it is, I suppose. Suck it and, up. Y- there, y- I suppose there's a line. That's all I got to say about it, yeah. Yeah.
1: This is Nuts and Bolts. With Sue and Scott.
0: So I love this topic. I mean, <laughs> I've been I've been itching to get stuck into this. You know that, Scotty. <laughs> I do,
2: Sue. So I know you love women in construction.
0: I do. And everything that we do with NARWIC National Association of Women in Construction, sneaky little plug there. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to have Amy today um, and then discuss Amy's efforts to empower the next generation of women to get to in, get into construction as well.
2: What sort of advice would you give to uh, to someone you know, heading down that path and trying to get involved?
3: Well, the first one is definitely just go for it. Call up the local people, go out on work experience, just say, hey, can I come work half a day just to see how it is. Don't jump into an apprenticeship too quick. Just see if you like it, see what trade you like, write down what what you like doing with your hands and your passions and then how you could turn that into a trade. I always said, I'm going to get a trade under my belt, then go out and chase my dreams. So I think In the realm of things, it's not, it doesn't just end, you don't have to be on the tools till you're 75, running ducked under houses. Like you can have a plan, you can do your apprenticeship, you can go into project managing, you can start your own business, you can go travel and work overseas. There's so many foundations to it. Just having that trade is just such a core good thing to do. So just go out there, give it a crack, just do it. That's all I got to say. Just do it. Yeah.
2: You um you make a really good point about being 75 and running ducked under houses. But <laughs> I, will, I will observe, though, that you are, what, seven months pregnant running ducked under <laughs> <over> tiny <laughs> homes every weekend right now?
3: <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, last weekend when I was under the tiny house, m- my. Got like (laughs) very fitting. I I was questioning my
0: life (laughs) decision, but I said to myself, "I'm glad I don't have to do this every day." (laughs) Is there a product there? You know, maybe not so tiny homes for product for pregnant women. Or
2: (laughs) it's hard to imagine a pregnant tradie lady, right? Yeah, yeah. doing the job. (laughs) Yeah, tool belt still fits.
3: (laughs) Tool belt still fits. You can still do well. They say
2: you're not meant to lift heavy and all that stuff. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I I I saw that. Instagram video of you last week up and down the ladder <laughs> with the corking gun.
3: <laughs> Look, I think you just got to listen to your body. And be, and when I first got pregnant, I was scared how the industry was going to, you know, you're like, oh, crap. Because most people are like, oh, when, all right, so you're pregnant. When, when are you stopping working? When are you going on maternity leave? And I'm like, I'm just going to do my thing. Like, I'll just yep. do what I've, there's no date on anything. I'll just do listen to my body, do what I feel like. Even running your business, you know you can't ever switch off. I'm never going to switch off, but my number one priority now is the baby girl coming along the way and being there for her. But I know... I can still also run the business on the side yeah. and make them work together.
2: You're self-employed essentially. You're not really working for uh, contracting for another yeah. builder or anything like that. So you built that flexibility out of your trade and your skill set and your entrepreneurial spirit to build a business where you set up to do this now.
3: Yeah, and that and that was kind of the, the plan and why I did go out on my own and I thought my main priority in life is A, going to be adventures and spending time with family and I love – Building things. I love creating things and building businesses. So mm. when I did get, you know, I was on the tools for seven years, whatever, then I kind of took a step back and I thought, all right, I looked at some of the older generation at my work, nothing against them. But I thought, look, I don't, I don't, for me personally, I don't want to turn out like that. I don't want to be 60 years old working seven till three in the trenches every day. And I want to go do something different. And if all else fails, I can always
0: come back. You can
2: always go back.
0: And be on the tools. Especially when they're increasing their retirement age every like, <laughs> <laughs> couple of years. I think, what are we, 70? Uh-huh. I'm are trying to imagine
2: 70 year? a 70-year-old plumber or <laughs> carpenter. No, right. uh, it's you not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm looking at these guys now, mid-40s. They've had skin cancers cut yeah, out. Yeah, the yeah, backs don't yeah. work properly. <laughs> they the knees look like they're <laughs> <laughs> right, Sorry, you're Thirty nine? Right? <laughs> so you look eighty five.
0: <laughs> 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 Lay off the sausage rolls and these like, I don't know.
2: Scott Challenge from the QHI group, a licensed builder, QHI Queensland Home Improvements. Originally, we are your go-to patios, decks, carports and all-round general home improvement builder go-to company. We are national, QHI national. It's now being rebranded to. You can find us by jumping on the web searching up qhi.net.au and if you're after a deck, patio or carport project to be supplied and installed at your home, we are the people to call. 100% quality work using Australian made Materials supporting women in construction, supporting apprentices, growing our great country one building project at a time. QHI National, Scott Challenge.
3: They're bringing a lot of mental health back into it now yeah, and yeah. kind of around that, around the job side. So I think it's definitely just stepping in the right direction. What but. a
2: change too in culture. Like the whole mental health thing in trades is massive yeah. now, right? Yeah. It like just becomes something you can talk about comfortably whereas, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was still pretty taboo.
0: Oh, Definitely, definitely. Yeah, question for you. Okay, so obviously being a female, a lady tradie and pregnant as well with a baby girl, right, do you then get asked like a lot like what your intentions are for your girl then bringing her into this like is that a question or a topic that because you're such an empowering force for women in the construction industry
3: I wish I get asked <laughs> that a lot that would yeah. be nice but I get asked like oh so when are you going to stop work why, <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> why are you walking with that ladder I worry about you what are you doing like just wondering <laughs> if she's going to come out with a spanner you know in her hand or Right, the idea of being
2: pregnant makes you instantly fragile.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as I said, I was scared about being pregnant in the yeah. industry, but then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to learn to do things with one hand. It's yeah. all part of the journey. Yeah. And times are changing now with yeah. everything like that. You're allowed to have a family. And have a business and be a
2: woman. Yeah, <laughs> and have one hand
3: <laughs> and have one
2: hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, I I th- I think it's amazing what you do, I Amy. Mean, yeah. You're certainly uh, you're certainly breaking glass ceilings with uh, with the work that you've done and what we've seen so far. Your entrepreneurial spirit is off a chart. You have got your finger in so many pies. And we're, <laughs> we're unpacking that before earlier today. Yeah. it's like. You must just like be on constant, what can I do next? What can I do next? Your poor kid's bugging.
0: Can I ask a question? I'm going to anyway. (laughs) You don't have to answer that. I'm leading into it. Tell us about your tiny homes and how that came and that experience for you. Like how did all that come about? Yeah. So basically after I quit my plumbing job, you know, went
3: traveling for a bit, did all that kind of thing, my brother was an accountant and he – didn't like it. (laughs) While he went traveling for a bit, we both got home and we're like, okay, what should we do now? We don't want to go back to work. And that was when we wrote down a list of what we're passionate about, what we're good at and what we want to wake up every day doing and what we want our life to be. And those things were building sustainability, creating homes and travel. And then we thought, well, What's this tiny house movement? We saw it a lot in America. And why don't we build tiny houses, rent land off farmers? So we're giving back to all these rural locations, bringing tourism there, yep. and get people to number one, escape their emails, escape their bosses. Get back into nature and spend time with their loved ones. And that was the number one goal for us to get people to connect with each other in nature. And then what's the feedback been from that? People absolutely love it. And I love seeing people go out there and just, we always say, take your picture, tag us on Instagram, put your phone down, and just connect with each other. And we're big on trying to make which is huge in the building industry. No one takes the annual leave these days. Like I yes. think if I have a day off, the company is going to go into liquidation. It doesn't. You're yep. not that important. Or like my boss is going to hate me and give me the ass. And it's like no. You deserve you just to give ta- enough notice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, God's like, no, no, that my, my people can't take. Yeah, leave. I'll
2: sack you. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> He's just got to make a quick call to the office. I now. just need
2: more than twenty-four hours notice.
0: <laughs> but it's such a huge topic as well. Like, I don't know whether you guys saw. I posted I actually posted this on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn actually shared um, a post that I did about this, like mental health, and especially like for business owners. Like the three of us are. You know, there. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I took a day, and it was a Friday, and I took myself on a Solo date, I call them, and um, just took myself up to the Sunshine Coast I Wish you didn't get stood up. <laughs> you know, like, it was the best company I've ever had <laughs> and took myself out for the day and just switched off and it was brilliant. And I posted it on LinkedIn and LinkedIn shared it and just having that time, even especially as a business owner, to take yourself away and, you know, tell my clients, I'm not going to be available and they're all good for it. You know, they they're know they really me.
2: impressed with that post and they yeah, turned it yeah. into a story that they wrote about you. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But it's so important just to recognize, you know, especially I guess I'm in digital marketing, so I'm always like always on on yeah. there and yeah, just to go, okay no, you know what, I need a day or I need a week or a holiday to switch off and recognize that. You're a
2: tiny home business based down in Victoria there. Um, And it's a, you know, it's a big metropolis of a city. It's hard to get around. And I imagine (laughs) that uh, those people that live in town there that don't own a caravan, don't have the opportunity to get away and go camping easily. Like this is a really easy option to be able to go, you know what, let's look at, book a little off-grid tiny home and go away.
3: Yeah, it's been really popular. Like we put the places kind of one hour from Melbourne so that okay. you don't have to drive three hours. You can come down on a weekend or take a cheeky one night mid-break as long as you give Scott, if you work for Scott, three months notice. <laughs> 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 Leave your
2: firstborn child in
3: <laughs> But I, that's what it's all about and I, I love seeing people come back because it's like – you know, you're not setting up a tent. You've got hot water. It's completely off-grid. You've got a nice warm bed, a kitchen, and you're still embracing in nature and just that country air changes yeah. everything. And, let,
2: and the standard of your tiny homes, Amy, are absolutely awesome. They are really, really beautiful products. You guys do them really well.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank they're you. gorgeous.
2: Like uh, yeah. from a build perspective and the styling perspective, you nailed it.
3: Yeah, well, the other thing we wanted to focus on as well, we were like we want these houses to be unique to look at. We want, from marketing perspectives, we want someone to go, oh, look at me out the front of a cute blue tiny house and make it Instagrammable in this day and age and yep. having that and painting them all different colours and different styling, it's been really helpful
2: for us. Yeah. The uh, tiny homes isn't your primary income, like you've got other other fingers and other pies, of course, like I said, but you've created that as a, as a business, it's an offshoot of what you do and you're building these things one at a time, building them, putting them together, creating a product that you can put somewhere and then create an income for the guy who owns the ground, and an income for yourself with the tiny home. And I think if you're, you know, you're, you're a tradie with the space to be able to build and do stuff like that, it's it's just so ingenious. genius. It yep. really is. It's a great business model.
3: Yeah, and we absolutely love doing it. Where we just we build them just for ourselves and our business, and we get them out there, and we own them. We rent the land and. You know, the first one, so many things mess up. Like we Mm. had so so many issues with the off-grid side of things because the first one we did, we're like, yeah, all right, let's just start. Building a frame up, guys. Like, let's do it. And you learn so much. But now, just finished our seventh one. It's so easy, and we've got such flow to it, and we love seeing it all come
0: together. And it so works you're saying, well. don't stay in the first one. <laughs> 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 the, number, the, the first one's
3: really good. We, <laughs> we fixed all the solar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, we just didn't. We didn't consider that yeah. guests were going to bring their rice cookers and their yeah, air fryers. True. And oh, <laughs> I,
0: I can't
2: live down my air fryer. Look, I'm I'm there with this run it on 12 volts
3: <laughs> and being off grid we it's and any business you just learn so much and you just got to throw yourself in the deep yeah. end and not yep. be like oh spend years and years working on this model just like let's give it a crack and see what happens and yeah. it, it went really well so that's when we just started to start scaling and building more
0: yeah congratulations thank that's you amazing like incredible
2: <laughs> <laughs> well if we're going to stay on tiny homes and we're going to talk about uh potential solutions to the yes. biggest problem in this country right now. What's that, Sue?
0: The housing crisis. Oh, we Ooh, love the housing sorry, crisis. Sorry, there was a knife and I just <laughs> stabbed it right in the front, yeah, twisted it. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: know how I feel about it. And we've been banging on about it for the last couple of episodes, but yeah. we've got the National Construction Code coming in in October in Queensland. They've delayed yeah. it in Victoria for another year. Yeah. We've got Half a million migrants coming through every year right now. We've got city Brisbane growing three times faster than Sydney right now. There are mm. not enough
0: houses. We've got, got builders going down. We've got 2, all 2,300 3, building companies in the yeah. last 12 months. The labor force that, you know, we're struggling with at the moment as well. Cost of materials, yeah. like everything is being thrown at us so we
2: want ladies in trades because we want productivity and we want people working but we also need to find solutions to house people and i i personally i reckon tiny homes granny flats and modular have got to play a part in this but for some reason government doesn't really want to play ball with it either
3: yeah, well, that's the thing, and because it is such a grey area with tiny houses and modular homes and getting permits and things like that, and it's different all around. But the best thing about them and solving the ha- housing crisis is a they're easy to build. They're they're a lot quicker to build than a normal house. You can yep. whip them up. You can go buy some land. If you you know you buy all this acreage, you can put so many on them. People want to get back to that more simpler life. They don't have a mortgage, they're living potentially debt-free. Yeah, it's you still have to spend costs on buying the land and the tiny house, but it's a lot less than committing to a million-dollar house loan yeah. and living
0: that yeah. way in a little... Apartment, especially when they keep throwing interest rate rises at us. Or yeah, <laughs> that's the thing.
2: Yeah, but what's the point of buying a three hundred square meter Stockland home and land package, like an hour and a half out of the city? Anyway, that you're going to be yep. stuck with a seven or eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage on. Yeah, like, there are other solutions out there,
3: right? Yeah, yeah, and and the tiny houses—they have everything you need. I've seen tiny houses that are bigger than my house at the moment. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yep. there's so much flexibility with them, and yep. it's definitely a great way to head. And I can see more and more people heading that way. They
2: also overcome the challenge of building approval because what's the key thing about a tiny home essentially is the fact that it's on wheels, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because it's on wheels and making them kind of completely off grid, there's different aspects. And as I said, it really depends on your council and the area. But I think If the council's had a more streamlined way to go about it, it would be a lot easier to get more tiny
2: houses. Well, council don't want to solve the solution. Uh, Council love their rates and they're they're going to make it as difficult as possible to get a building approval. I know that we have multiple building projects locked up in building approval in Brisbane right now Mm. and they're caught up in things like character assessments to protect the heritage look of the street, Mm. stuff like this all plays a part. I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of whatever we can mass produce off-site and then take to site and plug them play is going to be a big part of solving this problem.
3: Well, that's the best thing about tiny homes. They're on a trailer. We build ours at our parents' house and you know we just chuck it on the back of the D-Max. Ours are s- smaller because they are kind of holiday homes. They're on a 5.1-metre trailer bed and you rock up to site. Yes, you still have to do a little bit of plumbing and, and get the water tank there and connect all that, but really they're up and running. Once they're out on site, they're up and running in a week. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, What we've seen uh, up here in particular, and it might be the same in Victoria, is we've got a lot of people that want to get modular solutions or buy something from a factory and then get it stumped on site. Councils are kind of pushing back on stuff like that because they they have a particular type of code of home that they want to have out there, and a lot of the tiny home stuff now, the modular stuff for building approval, doesn't meet the NCC yeah. compliance because you've got to have ramp access and yeah. bathrooms that can fit disability in. There's all yeah. these things that are kicking into it now that are making it even harder.
3: And that's where I'm not 100% sure where it's going in the future because I think it's going to be harder and harder to do things like tiny homes. Well,
2: I reckon the solution is to find ways around the approvals and tiny homes on wheels are probably going to be a big part of that.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: (laughs) Because if it's on wheels, you don't need a building approval. So if we can pull it up out the front of your house on a suburban street in Brisbane and then get a crane and lift it over your home and drop it in the backyard and it's still on wheels, you don't need a building approval, folks. (laughs) So take advantage of it. And
3: a lot of councils have agreed – I have agreed to that and agreed to the tiny home thing because they want to help the housing crisis. And I suppose it's just different. Yeah. And yeah. The- those barriers between getting a composting toilet or running your grey water. I, I always
2: imagine composting toilet and start thinking the smell, but it ain't like <laughs> yeah, that. Not not like well, that no, they're not yeah.
3: meant to smell. They're, yeah. they're not meant to smell if they're installed properly because mm. kind of the pee runs to the bottom and then <laughs>
2: <run>. <laughs> Number two goes this way number one goes that way.
3: <laughs> Alex, who my uh, – Sister-in-law who basically runs Tiny Stays Now, She's just loves composting toilets and will rock up to a landowner and talk and Alex... <laughs> Like I'm the plumber, and Alex, you should see it. Then it grows mushrooms in it, and you can literally eat them. And I'm <laughs> like Alex, you were scaring yeah. them. Like they don't want to eat your poo mushrooms. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's an acquired taste, that's for sure. So you not only get the benefits of a not approved tiny home on your property and and some rental income from it, but you get mushrooms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can start
0: growing your own fruit and veg. Yeah, the, your composting system—it's crazy.
2: Where do you reckon we go with it, Sue? More tiny homes, more modular.
0: <sighs> Oh, more tiny homes, more modular. I think the other thing that we might um, see in the future is like that whole dual living too. Like, we might end up seeing grandparents living with us again and, and whatnot as the economy starts to become more difficult to, yeah, and whatever. But yeah, so maybe we'll start seeing people living like and having tiny homes in the backyards and well, buying the whole thing, acreage the whole thing and,
2: the, economically, the whole thing's a real freaking joke right now. Yeah, like, yeah. we borrowed so much money during COVID, like half a trillion dollars in debt that your daughter's going to be paying for. It's <laughs> fantastic. You know, there's no money. We're, we're running on the credit card. Yep. We're trying to solve a crisis by bringing more people in. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a backward step to me. I had a meeting with two prominent, I'm not going to name them here, um, LNP, federal politicians the other week to, at a roundtable with eight other builders to talk about the housing crisis. And trust me, the disconnect in politics from reality is pretty deep right now. And their solutions? You know, their solutions. Zero? You'll laugh and I <laughs> yeah. can't say it here because okay, okay. I'm, I'm Committed to secrecy. <laughs> sure. Um, otherwise they might not win the next election. But there is no yeah, there's no hope, right? Like, the, 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 very the, little. <laughs> the solution is colourful.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I threw out so I threw some solutions out there as well. Australia, we've got a productivity issue, right? Trying to get people to work is really, really hard right yeah. now. So I said to them, let's uh let's make overtime. And tax uh, second jobs tax-free, yep. straight up. Yeah. If you do more than 40 hours, every hour after that you get to keep all the money. If you do a second job after you've done those 40 hours, you get to keep the money. And I like these shocked looks what, at me. What? Like, what? <laughs> you mean – I, we don't get to tax it. No, you've already got your money. All right, let let up, let them have. You can't some money. take our tax away. So you, you, you've got a cost of living crisis. You've got a productivity crisis. Number yeah. one, bang, that solves it because everyone's yeah. going to want to do overtime. The second thing I said was, let's build a hundred thousand granny flats in Brisbane. Yeah, let's get a hundred thousand houses out there with homeowners. Let them dip into their super, take some money out of their super, and build a second dwelling on their property. Yeah. let's make that easy. Why not? Yeah. Why not do that? Because they've got 200K in super already. Yeah. Let them take some money out and build a second dwelling. The water's there. The infrastructure's there. And they're looking at me sideways like granny flats aren't going to solve the problem. <laughs> well, you guys aren't thinking creatively enough yeah. in my opinion. You've
3: got to think creatively. That's so true.
2: What do you reckon of those two policies, Amy?
3: I might go back to my plumbing mechanical <laughs> job if I know that. Because, you know, when, when your boss asks you you want to work a Sunday, you sit there doing the numbers. You're like, if I work Saturday and Sunday... I'm going to make $100 yes. extra.
2: Yeah. You just nailed the problem. Because literally. I, I, literally. Was talk, I was talking to a nurse the other week and she said, oh, I got offered a double shift but I didn't take it because after the shift I'll only have an extra $40. Yeah.
0: My so, husband does that. Like, So yeah. he'll work. He's a fitter and turner, yeah. so he works. Um, he'll work a weekend and it's just not viable for him. It's an ex- extra $100. Like yeah. He sits there and crunches the numbers. So know? he misses
2: his family and yeah. he gets an extra 100 bucks for it. Yeah. This federal politician said to me, oh, yeah, but they get it back at tax time because on average, the average Australian is only paying 30% tax. I said, yeah, but they're also paying 12% super. So you're, you're pulling 42 cents out of every dollar. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I said you almost taken half. Come on, this yeah, is mafia yeah. shit. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, But so increase overtime, let yeah. people work a second job. I don't understand why it's such a big problem, especially
0: when yeah. our people are taking second jobs. That's what we have to do at the moment. You know, there yeah. are a lot of people that yeah. are. And then we had this discussion earlier in the week about um, business owners that are foreclosing their business and then going back to employment. Yeah. You know, which is unfortunate, but sometimes that's the cut or call you have to make. So Those two
2: thousand three hundred building companies went under i kind of crunched some numbers on that and thought about let's say the average number of five or six employees plus the associated family around that that's probably quarter of a million people that have been affected by those uh those 2,300 companies that have gone under. Who's yeah. losing sleep over that?
1: Yeah. You
2: know? I don't think it's really fair. That's people that have invested their time, their money, their spirit, their heart. You know what it's like to be a business owner. We all sit here and we, that's all we think about 24-7, right? Yeah. Imagine having that dream pulled out from
0: underneath you. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy decision to make. You don't just wake up in the morning and go, you know what, I'm going to close my business and go back to work. Like, no, well, it's It would be the hardest decision because yeah. you want
3: to do everything in the power to keep, you've worked so hard towards Which it. Which means
2: you max out the credit cards you tap out your lines yeah. of credit you yeah. do all of these things to keep the money flowing through and then you still go under because they've pulled all the resources out to get there you know mm. and try and hold it together Scary. so what uh, what stops you from going broke in this economy <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you what it's listening to the nuts and bolts <laughs> podcast and get, getting Hardware, some entrepreneurial <laughs> insights on how to keep going forward
0: look at it, us you
3: know well it's, it's, great. it's always adapting you've yeah, definitely yeah. got to adapt to your environments around you and not get pulled in by all the pressure and stress and whatever happens, there's always going to be stuff that happens. You can't control the government, the weather, taxes. Well, Scotty's trying to control them, which I'm all for with the taxes. Yeah, they don't (laughs) need any more of your money, money. (laughs) (laughs) mate. Over time. But it's just working on what you can change and that is your attitude and going out there and just grabbing it by the balls and just...
0: I think Scotty and I have had this conversation as well about like diversifying your income. You know, so like if you've got a business, how else can you make money within your business? Yeah, feet pictures. Yeah, Yeah, feet pictures. Well,
3: I always said coming out of my apprenticeship, I want five different ways to make an income. Yeah, and but that might be from things from. Shares or investment properties, but my end goal is to have five different ways to make an income. But you can't focus on all those things at once. You can't go out and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, going to do this, going to do this. It's got to be, all right, I've got to put 110% into this business, get it to a stage where it's flowing, I'm happy with it, and then I can go out and and do something else. So it's definitely a balance. Yeah.
2: There's probably a golden ratio with regards to how you taper them into your life. So you've got this one that's your main cash cow, you've Mm. got a Another one that's secondary. You've got a third one that you're nurturing up to be something else. And we we talk about entrepreneurial spirit here. That's what we're doing, right? We're thinking about multiple ways to be able to create that. You got that from a pretty early age and so did you. So we all think that way. It's like what's next? What's the opportunity? And then I think it's like
0: listening to the market as well. So, you know, a marketer, I listen. So I always engage with people like clients and potential customers and whatever on on what they want, like what is the need Mm. and like what's the problem? You're the
2: champion of that Sue. You you (laughs) hit me up the other day about this idea that you had. Can I do this for you and see what you think of it and use that to sell it to other
0: people? (laughs) Oh, yes, I did. I was like, I hit you up about so many ideas. I think you've done it a few times. Yeah, I have. And I was like, what was that one? (laughs) Yeah, I did. But it's like, yeah, it's just listening. Okay, you know, what's the need and where's the problem? That's so true. Like marketing, I always think like you're solving a problem, right? So you don't just go out and market yourself. You go, okay, what's the problem? How can I fix this? So, yeah. So, yeah. You're so correct, sir. And that's literally how I fell
3: into the workwear, industry, women's workwear, because nothing ever fitted me. Right. But, like, nothing ever fitted me. Every, every woman on the job site I know was not happy with the workwear. Nothing fitted. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, the bigger brands aren't doing much about it, because obviously their primary income is the men. And yep. I'm like...
0: I'll
2: just
3: do it myself. And I know what we like, want. Our body and shapes
0: are different. Yeah. You know, not saying that men's are the same. What but are you saying? <laughs> you want to
2: look good on site?
0: Oh, look, you know. <laughs> you know what there, no, your your don't want to go your butt tits and teeth conversation.
2: I'm <laughs> well, we sure the listeners want to hear about tits and teeth. <laughs> Uh, tits and teeth. That so. <laughs> We've lost right Amy. Joke. Thanks so much for coming in, Skye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> hey, Amy, I've got one question for you. I mean, the, the clothing brand that you're working on, which looks amazing, the stuff that you're pr- doing to promote, it looks yeah. really good. The um, That's not something that you would have been able to do like five, six years ago. You had to get yourself to a point where you could start to create something like that as an offshoot to your current businesses, right?
3: Yeah, definitely. Like if I started five to six years ago, I would have had no idea how to fall into it. With Tiny Stays, it's a business that we kind of, we've slowly grown over the past few years because we both do other things. But we're at a point now it's like, all right, we're so happy with it. And it was a business that kind of built up organically. And now with Zadie Workwear, I'm kind of going the opposite thing. I'm like, all right, I'm confident with this whole business thing. Let's put it all in. Let's go for it. I know – I know it's going to work. I just need to adapt and listen to what people are thinking. I'm going to have to
2: add that one to my bio of you when I start introducing (laughs) you around the place, aren't I?
0: Sometimes it can be scary going all in too. Like, you know, when you know you've got to do it. And I think it was, I saw, I went to a seminar with Ginny and Alice, like from Boost. Oh, beautiful. And and she, um, yeah, was saying her story is they sold their house to go all in, you know, and then like selling a house. But not
3: having a backup plan. And as I said, like, oh, at least I could always go back to my old company if I wanted to. I think it's better not having a backup plan because you have to put, like I put all my life savings into <laughs> yeah. Zadie Workwear and I'm like, this can't fail. Yeah. I've given away everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just not having a backup but plan. If but you, listening if you aren't all in, are
2: you, are you really in business though? Like,
3: well, that's it. Yeah. You've, yeah. Got to, you've got to be all in and you've got to, within saying that, you've got to listen to the market as well. Yep. If you're doing something and it's not working and you keep trying, it's like maybe it's like, all right, I know you've tried
0: hard with that, but it's not working. Yeah. Maybe go down another path. Yeah. And sometimes failing's okay. Like, you know. Yeah. The,
2: I mean, look, everyone's got a fail story somewhere in yeah. there. You know, something that didn't quite work. I don't think we've all got perfect launch stories. So, we all <laughs> learn from that. And <laughs> I love hearing other people screw up stories too. Yeah. It, yes, it actually do. inspires me. I'll learn things from it. Yeah. But I was thinking about like um, in the early days when you're all in, you've got no choice. And so, if you sit there and think to yourself, well, what would I do if this did fail? Well, actually, that would suck. So, let's make it not fail. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. make sure it doesn't fail that's yeah. the main
3: thing just every day you're getting up to make sure you're making it not fail yeah and then
2: uh, being a little older I guess I got that um the experience of the 08 uh GFC 0809 mm. and I know you guys are a little younger than me but I had so many friends go belly up in that you know mm. from property and over commitments and too much leverage too much debt and it was a real eye-opener for me like just don't Borrow that much money if you can finance it yourself and bootstrap it yourself and do it slowly. I know it's hard sometimes, but you've gotten to a point with your with your clothing yeah. right that you wouldn't have wanted to borrow half a million bucks to launch this thing.
3: Oh no, I would be absolutely crapping my pants. Yeah, but that it was, it wasn't. It was money I saved up and then you know moved a few things around, but in the end you've got to be smart. You have gotta be smart with how much you put in. Tiny stays, we we only put in five K each at the start. I yeah. or it might have been ten K. Yeah. And
2: Which is an achievable investment really. But yeah. still a significant amount of money when you're young.
3: Yeah, it's a lot. But you see people starting businesses from hundred bucks. You see yeah, yeah. it's really about what business you're starting, what's like the scale of it. Yeah. And I was the garment business, clothing. Whoa. It's just you've got to put it, yeah, and you actually have to put in large sums of money to get that the garments over and yeah. produce. But when I, uh, I don't know, I just got so much faith, and I'm so excited.
0: That's and, so yeah. cool. Scott's actually said this before as well, um, in previous conversations, but like thinking laterally about your resources as well, you know, like, don't just think I've got, I can get money from the bank or the bank account or whatnot, mm. you know, um, so at the moment I'm trying to kick off a new secret project, <laughs> but Ooh. I mean, well, that uh, you're not testing on me. <laughs> yeah, that <then> I'm going <laughs> to test on you, Scotty. Um, but like, so I'm looking into government grants, right? You know, so, so many government grants, so out many there. government grants. And I'm talking like there's one I'm keeping an eye on. It's not open yet. They tell told me it's going to be open later in the year, that's a $15,000 one. And then there's one that's opening in a couple of weeks, which is 20000 So there's some Ooh. substantial.
2: Is that the Queensland small business one?
0: Yeah, the yeah. 20000 one. Yeah. You know, I saw an
2: ad come up on my Facebook yeah, feed for yeah. that what last night. What about
3: the female founders? Oh, that's, the female founders. I, I applied for that one. What I, about the
2: old white dudes one? <laughs> 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 there's
0: none of them. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, kind of, but like, yeah, so think laterally. Like if, you, if you've if got something like, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's always seed funding that you can try and and go for and all these like I know NAWIC again yeah. here we go but NAWIC do you know a seed funding grant you know for a, fu- yeah. a few thousand and yes yeah, so I think laterally yes, about your resources that's, so
2: that's fantastic look we've been chatting for a while here yeah, guys yeah. and we've touched on some <laughs> great topics I've got one more question for both of you though okay. what's your one non-negotiable every day that keeps you on track and in balance here
0: you go um, okay, so I'm not going to talk business. I think it's mindset for me personally. Like it's trying to make sure I have a good mindset and that I take breaks regularly, especially being in the digital space, switching off. I might even switch off for an hour in the middle of the day. I might go and do a meditation maybe really quickly and just like have some, some downtime. So it's just getting the balance and the flow and, and getting that mindset for me rather than the hustle and bustle and grind. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, It's
3: so true, Sue, and mine's basically exactly the same. Mine's my morning routine. Like I have a very intense morning routine that, you know everyone says oh you won't be able to do it when you have a baby and <laughs> get as much sleep as you can <laughs> okay. i'm like isn't the thing i should i should get used to not sleeping so you know i 5 days a week i'm up at 3 a.m. i'm writing in my gratitude diary i'm going to gym i'm yeah. meditating and for me if when i start the day that way no matter what problem comes I'm like, oh yeah, she'll be right. We'll sort it out. But if I haven't done that, I'm like, oh no, oh
0: no, oh no. Like I might as well just go back to bed. <laughs> I always I was. always say you can't pour from an empty cup, right? And especially <laughs> oh. like with my clients, you know, marketing, like it's their business that I'm, you know, that I'm marketing. So they they are like, you know, going, okay. Temperature checking all the time. What's going in with this? You know, like, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's the strategy? And it's always like it's always on. So for me, it's like just taking that time out to say, I'm going to look after me, and then I and then I can look after you guys as best as I can. Yeah, yeah what, What's yours? Quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's,
2: really, it's mine's really simple. I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm all about metal and training. So like, uh, I I, <laughs> I go to bed early. I wake up really really early, and I train. I go to the gym, and I have my best thoughts and ideas when the blood gets pumping through my brain I solve my problems I can go to bed on a problem and sleep and wake up in the morning and find the solution and that's always been the absolute backbone of my life and when I travel I always take my training gear yeah it's a complete non-negotiable and everywhere I go search out where's the gym what hotels in this gym I'm going to train and because if I d- if I can't train trust me I'm having the shittest day ever mm. simple as that
0: yeah that's so we've so unpacked good. a lot today right <laughs>
2: You guys are actually um, kind of powerful because women think kind deeply, of? gratitude <laughs> diary, you know, <laughs> setting your mind and your intentions. <laughs> yeah. Dudes kind of don't really do like, gratitude yeah, diary. I uh, <laughs> like, I'm just going to go to the gym and lift weights, <laughs> yeah. and listen to some music. That's good. But, but, but yeah, you yeah. know, like if we sat down and actually implemented a lot more of what you guys do, we'd actually probably be better at what we do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, I didn't want to say anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lesson in that for everyone at home, small business entrepreneurs, tradies, ladies that want to make in the world we love you we support you we want to see you do well and uh you guys are awesome to talk to to try and get some inspiration from
0: thank you uh, and thank you to amy for being on our show today this is our episode so no, exciting thanks, thanks so much amy.
3: <laughs> we've definitely unpacked a lot and it's been yeah. good it's been so much fun we'll be yeah. talking
2: again soon amy you take care of yourself and thanks so much for coming on the nuts and bolts podcast today thanks for
3: having me thank bye you. guys bye
1: Thanks for joining us today on the Nuts and Bolts Podcast. If you found value in our conversation, make sure you subscribe, rate and review. We appreciate your support as it helps us reach more of our community. Keep up with us for more insights into the construction industry. And remember, together, we're building the future. Until next time.